side. An open road is no place to hide. There's no turning back when you put it in drive. Roll, roll, roll if you want it the most. Roll, roll, roll if you're ready to go. All these horses need to run. So let them run wild. Members of the PHFFL, Commission Conlon here, coming at you on another episode of the Race to Three podcast. And with me tonight, I've got my opponent of this week, none other than Dan the Man, Danimal, Dana Kaka Patrick himself, owner and GM of Centers Like Me, Dan Lawfridge, how we doing? Oh, not too bad. How about you? Oh, can't complain, can't complain here. We're recording... Uh, Wednesday night, what is it, about 8.30, 8.30 here at night, so we kind of got a weird schedule going here this week, so I got uh, the in-law, well, I guess, uh, yeah, the in-laws coming in town tomorrow night, they're passing through town, so I got to play host and do all that, so can't can't wear my typical job and my typical hat that I would on Thursday night and be the Race 3 podcast host on Thursday night, so coming at you on a Wednesday. But with that, I figure, still got to try to practice a little bit of tradition here. Late on a Wednesday or not, we'll crack cold one. I got these headphones in, Dan. You'll have to tell me if you can hear this beer crack open at all. It, it, I could hear the beer cracking, but I got a little feedback, so. Really? All right, well, we'll, 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 be we'll fine. see how it goes. That's fine. We'll get her get her in a glass here. Dan, how we been? Oh, pretty good. Well, if you don't mind, I'm going to crack one of these uh, Cayman Jacks. Oh, hell yeah, Cayman Jack. What uh, what flavor you got? Tell, tell, tell the crowd. Oh, just the, the straight old margarita. Um, right, we had a little uh, Mexican-themed night last night. I thought, you know what? I'll oh. grab some of these. and oh, On Taco Tuesday. Yeah. There we go. That's not bad. Uh, once upon a... Oh, it must have been for Cinco de Mayo, although maybe it was Mayday baskets. I don't really remember, to be honest. Our neighbors left a couple of those on our on our doorstep, so I've had it all came in Jack for I didn't think it was too bad. No, I saw they'd make Moscow mules, too. I don't know if they're worth the fuck or not. Yeah, there you go. That ain't so bad. So would we, uh, we just whip up uh, some tacos in on it last night? Pretty uh, quick and simple, yeah. Just Just some tacos. Right. Just the old, uh, the old fashioned taco kit. Yep, yep. Right. <laughs> nice oh, yeah. Nothing crazy like you and Tommy do. No, well, I don't know. I, tacos will have to be the meat of the of the night. Then I, you know what? I, I love myself a good taco kit. Just nice ground beef in there. Yep. All right. Hell yeah. Go. Ooh, that sounds hella nice. That sounds like delicious, especially washing it down with the Cayman Jack. I'm going to wet my whistle here right now. Oh, yeah, that hits the spot. Not bad, not bad at all. Tell you what, Dan, I'm, uh, I mean, we'll get all into it here pretty soon as we jump into Transaction Corner. But I was a little surprised. Uh, GM like you, constantly wheeling and dealing. Trade deadline next Thursday. I was really surprised you were able to carve some time out of your busy schedule, of your wheeling and dealing, and make time for tonight's show. Yeah, you know, I'm always looking for more trades. Got another pick left out there, boys. So if uh, if you're interested, give me a holler. There you go. Public service announcement right there. And I guess I will kick off then with a housekeeping item. Biggest thing is trade deadline, I think for all intensive purposes, 
if you don't have your trades taken care of before you lay your head down to rest after Thursday night football next week, you probably aren't going to get a trade done. I think the trade deadline's 2 a.m. next Friday morning. So just think of trade deadline next Thursday. So it's the time of year where you look in the mirror. Everyone's jockeying for position, deciding if they want to try to move all their chips in and go for the gold this year, get that prestigious PHFFL hardware into their homes, into their hands, as well as that cold, hard cash. Everyone always wants cold, hard cash. Or, you know, maybe you're maybe you're one of those bottom three teams. Maybe you're Harv, maybe you're old Nate the Great, maybe you're Quinters. Things aren't looking too well. Maybe you say, hey, I need to do something. Maybe I need to go talk to Dan. See what I can't do to get some future draft equity and get that last pick that is floating out there in front of you all. So, great time of year. You got to love the trade deadline. Um, true, true or false, Dan, there will be more trades on the Thursday of the PHFL than there was in the NFL just this past, what was that, last Monday? Oof, I don't know. There was uh, there was quite a bit yeah, going on in the NFL. There was a flurry, and I suppose they got 32 teams. We only got 12, but maybe from a ratio perspective. I mean, what do you think? You set the over-under at, I don't know, two-and-a-half trades? Yeah, I would uh, – I think two-and-a-half is probably, probably about right. The only – two-and-a-half is probably about right. Uh, two-and-a-half, maybe one-and-a-half. The only reason I maybe go a little bit lower is just because of the flurry. Like, I think some of the activity that's going to happen, you know, all that kind of start heating up here. And, I mean, maybe that's perfect time. We can just jump right in transaction corner i mean and you are the perfect guest to have on here for transaction corner because how many of these trades were you involved in this this last week here i was involved Two? in three of them three of them holy hell so we had a busy weekend it was a busy weekend um man hopefully your phone plan they don't charge you for uh texting minutes no i don't think they do but uh no battery <laughs> wasn't lasting too long Ooh, that's, that's, that's tough time. have to sit there and walk around with a cord, essentially. All right, let's get back here. Um, when did all these trades freaking start going down? I guess, really, um, we rewinded all the way back to Friday. Um, last Friday, uh, November 4th, I guess that kind of kicked off. The trade frenzy, if I got this all here correctly. So the boys, the boys of fall, this is a good one to start with. So my squad, you know, I was not that many weeks ago. I was I was in a sad, dark, dark spot thinking my team sucked, need to rebuild. <laughs> Reality is it's still, you know, I've been squeaking by against some sloppy opponents. But I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to trade some of this draft equity. I had four picks. I want to go out. Get a halfback, so I go out there, speak told Nate Nate the Great, who at the time his team name was was Chub Hub. We'll get to that in just a little bit. We strike up a deal where he ships me over Nick Chubb, who is having an out, outstanding year this year for two future first round picks. Um, I think one profiles to potentially be in the running for uh, the toilet bowl. The other one maybe. Middle of the pack, bottom six, we'll find out. A lot can happen, a lot will happen in exchange, uh, as well as Ezekiel Elliott. So two first-rounders, Nick Chubb, really trying to go out there and pair someone with Christian McCaffrey. Um, there, there are two things I need from you, Dan. One, have you seen, after this trade, obviously Chubb Hub, 
if you don't have Nick Chubb, you can't like King Chubb Puppet anymore. Have you seen Nate the Great's newest team name he's put out there? I did happen to catch that. Uh, yes, the old honk if you're hard, man. <laughs> um, oh, he's so clever. Yes, he is. The marketing mastermind of the PHFFL comes up with, I would argue, his best fantasy team yet. Honk if you're hard, man. Um, he, he thinks the Ferkser, I barely know her, is his, his better one. I mean, that one was pretty good, too, but honk if you're hard, man cracks me up um not hard right now so i won't honk but i won't wet my whistle just to celebrate your creativity there nate oh that's good so uh let's get a rating one to ten on the on the team name and then maybe just your thoughts when this trade process through here oh my rating oh i'll probably give it like a maybe like an 8.2 8.2, yeah, I think uh, I think I'd maybe give her like an 8.8. Eight. I think it's a pretty funny name. Made me laugh quite a bit when I saw it come through. Especially, I mean, he's he's pretty good at like and I know uh, Cole Hardman. He's been on a heater here lately. He's pretty good at like picking typically like an obscure player on his team, not even one of his stars, and gets a hell of a team name out of it. Yeah, especially Anthony Ferkser. I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. Uh, I, I have no idea where Anthony Ferkser is today. That is for sure. <laughs> Um, uh, and then, and then your thoughts here on this trade, Nick Chubb getting swapped over for Zeke Elliott and then some, a two first round picks to add to Nate, the great rebuild going into this next year. That's definitely a nice little haul for Nate. Um, those draft picks will be huge in the old rebuild for him. Um, Zeke, he can still, I think he's still a top. I don't know, 20 running back. He'll still get you some decent points. Yeah, he uh, agreed. He gets he gets work nonetheless, even if Tony Pollard may be, which we'll get to him. Uh, maybe if he's even a little bit more, I should say a little bit, even if he's a lot more efficient, seems more explosive when he has the ball. Uh, Zeke definitely definitely gets a lot of work there to at least make him, you know, maybe touchdown dependent, but at least he's getting, getting the ball. Oh, yeah. Sure. I think for you, like you said, you – I thought you were down in the dumps. I thought you're out of this fucking thing. Yeah. Now you're back in it, and you get maybe the best running back in the league. So that's huge for you. Um, yeah. Uh, best maybe, I would say, from like a pure running runner style, um, he's probably up there with, with Derrick Henry. He doesn't, doesn't profile as much in the passing game. Honestly, when I knew I wanted to go by halfback, Chubb wasn't necessarily the guy. Old Nate had been been kind of grinding me down for a handful of weeks. Even when I was down in the dumps talking, doing a rebuild, he's out there trying to, to sell him to me. And, you know, finally we, we hit a deal. I said, you know what, what the hell, plug him in. And, and hopefully he continues to hit pay dirt. Maybe when Sean Watson gets gets plugged in there, maybe the offense even becomes more dynamic and more high-powered. He has more touchdown upside and opportunities. So that's really what I was going for there. Can't blame you there. All right. I think we've buried that one in the ground enough. Let's keep going through here. Um, we should pause Saturday. Malik Daddy said, hey, you know what? I have to go pick up Mr. Unlimited. Wanted to get Russell Wilson to let him ride. Um, any any chance that I mean I know he pulled out the week uh, the win this week any chance that there's like a 
Russell Wilson curse, though, once you put him on your team, your team's just doomed? I hope so. I, I hope so, too. I really do. I uh, can't believe Malcolm would even waste a, a spot on him. I can't. I, I can't either. You know, he uh, didn't. He, I think he was originally the one that traded him to Nate. You know, he just can't, just can't quit, Mister Unlimited. He just likes loves him too it. much. Loves his personality. Loves everything about him. Probably he's gonna buy a jersey. I would guess. He might be a big Subway fan too. <laughs> yeah, I bet you. I guarantee you, he is. Well, <laughs> now, Pat, he likes the old foot long. No doubt about it. <laughs> Oh, let's see here. Keep going. Uh, and then the next trade, this is perfect. A little wheeling dealing between you and me, my others. I had four first round picks going into this last last weekend. I no longer have any. That's because I then shipped two more first round picks and Jared Goff over to you to acquire a quarterback um, in Justin Herbert. Maybe I'll go first here. I still, uh, boy. I like Justin Herbert as a long-term talent. I am, and even my hesitations, I think I told you this when we were going through the wheeling and dealing. Um, you know, he, a quarterback, despite how maybe talented they are, they still need someone to throw the ball to. I think right now his top option, at least out wide, wide receivers, Joshua Palmer, so Mike Williams is banged up out for at least a few more weeks yet. Keenan Allen. I'm to the point where I don't think his hamstring's ever going to recover. He's just not going to play. So that makes me a little uneasy. Um, I'm hopeful, though. Boys will fall. He can keep going. They can make a push for the playoffs. Um, and then he can have his weapons weapons back healthy. And he can help me through the playoffs. But, boy, if he doesn't get his healthy weapons, I might be kicking myself for trading away those first-round picks. Yeah, you might be screwed. I didn't realize how dependent he was on Keenan and – Mike Williams, um, yeah, it's tough when you got no names you're throwing to, but man, it really those guys be out. Yeah, um, yeah, no doubt about. It. Really, from from your perspective, I mean, you had two stud quarterbacks, right? I mean, you had Justin Herbert, you have Jalen Hurts still, who's been awesome this year. And I think this deal they worked out well for you in terms of. You know, you obviously are pushing your your chips in. You got you had some extra first round picks go out there to either try to wheel and deal, or if you so choose, maybe keep the other one, keep it uh, keep it going into next year, so you have draft equity as well. So. Yep, yeah, that was my thoughts. I didn't. I like to have two decent quarterbacks in case one goes down. But yeah, you know, exactly like you said, might as well unload one unload one while I can, get a couple picks, and then. You know me. I'm just fucking trading those picks like they're going out of style. Hey, I mean, when you uh, when you got the roster you got right now, I can't blame you. I mean, you're putting the chips in. You're going for it. No doubt about it. So all this transpired. Uh, looks like we made this happen early Sunday morning. So we were up at it. 6.39 a.m. this processed old... Mouth Daddy, he almost uh, woke up, rubbed the sleepies off his eyes, and said, "Oh boy, you know, centers like me, they're out there making moves. Boys, ball are out there making moves. It's time old Mouth Daddy tries to make some moves here." So Mouth Daddy gets out there, he picks up the phone, um, 
Queen, I mean, he announced it, announced it to the league in the messenger, essentially saying, hey, Najee Harris is on the block. I'm, I'm in a rebuild, baby. Najee Harris is on the block. Well, this trade doesn't involve Najee, but Mount Daddy dials him up, says, hey, who else is available since you're in this rebuild? Well, long behold, um, the person, the wide receiver that Quinters had just traded for this year and Devontae Adams, he ships him out over to the revenge tour in return. Mount Gaddy gives him some young promising assets in George Pickens, rookie wide receiver for Pittsburgh, Gabe Davis wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Um, is he second or third year? Do you know, Dan? Um, that I don't. Okay. I will just say third. I think, I, I think so too. I think it is his third. So he ships him that over as well as his first round pick. So that would have been Devontae Adams getting shipped over for George Pickens, Gabe Davis, and a first round pick. Um, I'll let you give your your initial analysis or your initial reactions, I guess, when you saw this come through and your thoughts of it um, as of this evening. I was uh, kind of surprised. Malcolm texted me and said, uh, Got to keep up with the league, so I hopped in the app and saw that. And I was like, oh, fuck. And he's kind of in the same spot I'm in, you know, putting all the chips in and yeah, win this damn thing. And him and yeah, – so he's got Devontae Adams, what, Mike Evans, and Cooper Cup. That's a pretty solid trio there. Yeah, that's a great trio. Um, and then Quinn. That's exactly what he is. His uh, – Quinn's team is not very good. But Gabe Davis, he's a little, little wishy washy, a little streaky. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, Gabe Davis reminds me of. Hmm, I guess I was gonna bring him back to maybe like a younger Mike Evans, where he had like end of the year he might end up as like a solid season ranked wide receiver, but he got there through like two weeks of mediocre to nothingness and then just one week he would just absolutely blow up. That kind of seems what Gabe is, but he, Gabe has even been more boom or bust than that. He hasn't been like a every week target monster in that Buffalo Bills offense, but by God, when he goes off, it's what do you have? This wasn't like three catches for 180 yards and three touchdowns or something like that. It was a stat line at some point this season in the game. Yeah. Not too bad. No. Yeah, three for 171 and two touchdowns. Not yeah, that's office. No, that's not bad day at the office at all. And then Pickens, I think Pickens is going to be a stud. So yeah, I, think I agree. I like Pickens a lot. Young ones that he can kind of build his team around. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, you have to anticipate. Um, you know, really, maybe it's not a bad thing. How Daddy's first round pick, obviously, you anticipate that being anywhere from the nine, ten. 11-12 range, right? So, I mean, it's going to be likely a lower first-round pick. But if I'm not mistaken, um, you found one of the top rookie wide receivers this year in Chris Olave. I mean, you were drafting at what, from the 10 spot where you scooped him up? I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that happens just about every year. But, yeah, I mean, I agree kind of with everything you said. Given yourself, Malk Daddy's obviously in it to win it this year. He's trying to repeat. He is our defending champion that trio of Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, and Cooper Cup, I mean, that is pretty nasty, no doubt about it. 
And then how how fucking happy do you think he was that morning he goes out, acquires this asset, then that asset rewards him by having a 17-target day that he gets 10 catches, 146 yards, and two tutties for 37 points. His highest fantasy output on the year was once he was a member of the Revenge Tour. Just completely goes off. I was kind of giving him shit, saying how he wasn't very good this year. And <laughs> I, that was karma just spitting in my face. Yeah, I mean, he really, I mean, I guess he had, I mean, he had a 30-point, 27-point week, but yeah, I mean, he hadn't, hadn't done that yet, but by God, did he go off. And then what about on the flip side for Quinners? I mean, he's in a rebuild. Yes, like Paul, he got anyways. That still got sting a little bit, doesn't it? Oh, I would think so, yeah. Yeah, that matchup or that uh, him and Carr together, that would have been a one I think I would have gotten beat by him this week. I think so. (laughs) Okay, Eddie, I I owe you you a beer for that W, no doubt about it. Um, You too, I guess, Quinters. You went for the rebuild on the right week. I appreciate it. Um, We'll keep going here. And, of course, you had seen the the name because in the next trade – we have to talk about here. They'll have to break this down for me because I think there's draft equity in this next one too. So essentially you sent over, because um, you fill in, so it's yourself, centers like me, and then Nate the Great's honk if you're hard, man. Um, he acquired McCall Hardman in this trade, so that's where his team name came from. So you gave him the namesake of his team. And he shipped you over Tony Pollard, someone we talked about briefly already on this on this show. Um, was there a first-round pick that went with this one as well? Is that correct? Yes, there was. All right. Tell me, uh, you tell me how this one happened. Who, who, who picked up the phone and started getting this one going first here? Well, Nate did, actually, um, after he saw. I think it was because he wanted that team name. Any, any, any truth in that, you think? Um, maybe. Um, that was the first person he wanted, but I think it worked out for him. At least got a good name out of the deal. Okay, okay. But uh, yeah, old Nate Daddy picked up the phone, said, "Hey, you gonna keep those picks or you gonna trade them?" I said, "Fuck no, I'm not gonna keep them. I'm gonna trade these sons of bitches." And yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, hell yeah. And I was kind of looking ahead towards our matchup this week and my roster and um, looked like all of my running backs except one was going to be on a bye. So I needed to make something happen because there was nothing on the waiver wire. Yeah, that's time of year. The waiver wire is you might as well not even bother really looking if you're trying to find some plug and play. Maybe at quarterback. Other than that, she's, she's pretty barren. Yeah, pretty slim pickings there. And Pollard, he's pretty explosive. I like the dude. He should be getting more touches in Dallas. Believe he's yeah. aging after this year, so maybe uh, either he right. stays south and get rid of Zeke, or he goes somewhere else where they're gonna love him. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's always good in Dynasty to be looking ahead. That kind of thing as well. Plus, he, I mean, you should know this very well. So, I mean. See, he's coming off his bye week, but prior to that bye, and I would assume probably the best game of his career against your Duh Bears, 131 yards rushing, three tutties, catching another 16 yards there, good for 34 points. 
nothing else, even if Zeke comes back, gets back healthy this week, you'd have to imagine Tony's even carved out more of a role for himself, wouldn't you think? Oh, I would think so, for sure, especially after that Bears game. And everyone knows the Bears deep blows, so that didn't hurt him, I guess. But yeah, yeah, for sure, reality. For sure. I mean, again, I like like what you're like what you did here. You went out Tony Pollard, an asset you can use. Unfortunately, try to leverage and use against me this week. Use down the stretch the rest of this year. I'd say as arrows pointed up. Whether that is with Cowboys or whether that's with another team, then if he, to your point, is a free agent this year, to be determined, odds are he will probably be, regardless where he's at, he'll probably be in a better situational role, future forward, I guess, at least in terms of uh, the amount of mouths to feed that he won't have a one of the highest paid halfbacks in the league paired up with him. So, um, we'll keep going on through here. We will pump the brakes and ask here. Um, Mike Secchi, he cut his ass. Tell us how was the how was the experience with Mike Secchi the couple few weeks he had him. You know, it was kind of fun. He was just riding the pine, but I thought maybe uh, I could actually trade him to someone else to to another sucker, maybe like Al. You know, you guys that been awesome dogging on him hardcore. Poor guy drops yeah. him, and goes off for like thirty points. Yeah, well, that's why we had to uh, not do the show for a couple of weeks. You know, we were put on a suspension. It's too bad. Um, now sometimes, sometimes we mess things up here at Three Three Podcast. Not often, but sometimes we we do. So, Commissioner um, Common, at the end of the day, is human to believe it or not. But yes, that that was whew, that was a take for the ages, no doubt about it. I would have loved though. Um, you would have managed to trade Alex Mike Gusecki. I would have probably had to get right back on and just berate, berate him all over again. So I wish that would have happened. That would have been awesome. Should have tried harder. <laughs> yeah, if you even you could anything, you, you could have thrown in a 2026 second round pick and you could have done it. That would have been awesome. All right. And then we need to get to the one where. My God, I might need another beer to get through this trade. I mean, when you talk about blockbuster trades, um, I'd argue we've probably we've already highlighted a few blockbuster trades where there was for sure one big name going going each way and really all those other trades. But then, I mean, this one, this one is a real meat and potatoes. So this is once again our co-host of the night. I mean, the guy he's just he's relentless. He's always out there, always out there trade making things happen. So. This week processes go through pretty much the second you can make a transaction on Tuesday. Him and Jake are up and at it early before 7 a.m. again, make, making some wheeling and dealing here. Um, you'll have to keep me honest on all of this, but essentially centers like me, he went ahead and he shipped over Damian Pierce, so the rookie wide receiver of the Houston Texans. Let me pause there. Did you draft Damian Pierce like in the second round, or did you get him as a free agent, or how did you hire Damian Pierce? Oh, I did draft him. Yes, you were talking about um, those late picks for Quinn and Chris Olave. I think I think I got Olave at like I don't know, maybe ten, and I think I got Pierce at like twelve. Wow! All right, so you have to you have to look back to this past summer and just have a smile on your face. What do you think about what you what you did on the in that draft class? Then for sure, especially where you were where you were picking from. So no doubt about it. 
Uh, and speaking of Chris Olave, there he is. He's part of this trade. So you're taking your 2023, your 2022, excuse me, draft class. You're shipping them up as well as a guy who's been banged up. He was a complete animal last year. And honestly, he's pretty much an animal whenever he's healthy. And Debo Samuel. So you're packing that up as well as another first-round pick. So Damian Pierce, Chris Olave, Debo Samuel, a first-rounder. You're shipping that over. People might be thinking, holy hell, that is uh, that is quite the package that got shipped. Well, you had quite the package come back your way. Um, the key name to me in this, we'll go through it all, though, but is the number one position-ranked wide running back, excuse me, on the year in Austin Eckler, who's been... A beast, whether it's been through the ground or we had mentioned because Herbert acquired Herbert, his weapons are down. Eckler's always getting passing game work, but I mean, he is the de facto number one target there right now for Justin Herbert. I mean, you're talking his last three games seven catches, 12 catches, 10 catches. You gotta love that in a PPR type league. So Austin Eckler's there. Um, he traded away a good looking rookie wide receiver. He got back another good looking rookie wide receiver and Garrett Wilson, who's position ranked number 24. If I'm not mistaken, I think Jake was smitten about this guy. Made a big trade-up to come get him in in, in the year, which uh, kind of turned some heads, not because Garrett Wilson isn't talented, but it was just kind of like, huh, Jake definitely had this guy he wanted. But uh, Devontae Smith, I mean, show me where you shit from, was a practically the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles of the Midwest with how many Eagles he had on this squad. Chips away Devontae Smith, the former Heisman, and one other eagle comes your way in another position where you definitely needed it, and you can complete a stack there now um, with Dallas Goddard now filling in your tight end spot of the Eagles. So you have now a stack, potentially, if you ever want to roll it in a full-fledged eagle stack of Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard, Austin Eckler filling in at your halfback spot now then Garrett Wilson, someone that you just have there developing that you hope turns into a nice piece future forward. Looks like that'll be the case. Dan, how did this happen? Bring us behind the scenes of centers like me and show me where you shift from. Well, like you said, I, I needed that tight end to compete with the big boys in this league. And um, I noticed that Jake didn't even start Dallas Goddard last Thursday. And Kyle Pitts in the old starting lineup. I thought, well, yeah, you don't like him. I like him. I'll take him. Yeah, it was a good eye. So I got on the phone and I said, hey, what's it going to take to get Goddard? And uh, his first offer to me, I could tell he wanted to do a blockbuster. So that's what we did. We we talked probably, I don't know, half the day, Saturday, a little bit Sunday, and kind of Kind of got it all locked up Sunday morning and um, said, well, we'll just process this on Tuesday. And I was really Over hoping there. to beat Chad, but that didn't happen. Yeah. that's. Um, were there any contingencies in this deal? If, you know, like there's always a, hey, we'll agree this thing going into the weekend and coming out of the weekend. We'll process this thing. Were there any contingencies in terms of, hey, Austin Eckler just completely blows his knee out here on Sunday. This thing's we're shutting it down, not happening. But I mean, I feels like you had made some trades lead up to it that you wanted to that leverage to put into this deal. Right? Yeah, there was uh, there's no contingencies there. That was 
an afterthought. That's for sure. Big fear. Blur. Um, one of the other young guys going down, but thought, well, it's too late now. Yeah, I mean, you went, you went for it. Big name, everything worked out. Um, and really, I mean, this should roll us in. So just a couple more things, a couple more things here, and then turn you loose. I know we're at the 30-minute mark here. Um, you've been gracious enough with your time already. I mean, I'm figuring you've already put a plug in for that other first-round pick. you probably got other people on the line that you got to deal here with. Maybe um, a couple things, like, Seems like really this last week it was a yourself, Malk Daddy for sure, title contenders. My team I'm still not really sold on, but it really seems like this last week it was pretty much, hey, people are going out there. They're shooting up. They're going in. They're, they're bringing out the big guns, and everyone's really running the gun to make this a very, very exciting last fi- few final weeks of the regular season and probably very, very exciting PHFL playoffs. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of crazy. I was looking, what we got, like four weeks left or something? Yeah, not as much I, as you think. I think, yeah, we'd have two weeks of, we might have two more weeks. I play yourself. I think I got to play oh, we got five. Tomcats yet. And then I think we have three weeks of standings week or like our standing week throw down. So I mean, in the standings week, it almost gets playoff environment going to it the way we set that up. So I mean, shit's happening in a hurry here. Yep. Getting down to the nitty gritty. It's do or die now. Do or die. Um, coming out of that, all those trades, I assume the obvious answer is yes. Um, do you like your chances now? More, I assume, than prior to, to the deals that you made. Oh, for and sure. where where would you say you're most improved now? Um, tight end, tight end for sure. Um, having Eckler as another running back with uh, mix, and that'll be a nice little one-two punch. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, on a regular, on a typical week. What's the what's the squad gonna look like? Tony Pollard's just gonna ride Pine. You're gonna have Mixon, Mixon Exler there going there, and then you're gonna have Dig Tyreek Kill, and then or is he Pollard gonna be a flex? Well, I don't know. It's a good question. I uh, Jake had the Philadelphia Eagles problem. Now he just traded that to me. Um, yeah, Garrett Wilson's been playing pretty decent. Seems like him and Zach have some chemistry where he doesn't have that with your boy Elijah. God, don't even, don't even <laughs> remind me. <laughs> Fucking hate Zach Wilson. The so, milk hunter that is Zach. We'll have to see what uh, what next week brings and what the matchups are. But I might be riding the hot hand with Garrett Wilson in the flex. Wow. All right. There you have it. Go out and get the rookie plug, man. Two weeks, 17 points. I guess, yeah, really, before I turn you turn you loose here, Dan, I mean, you already kind of went in two other things. Um, one, so this week, our matchup, is there anything this week that you are, that you're fiddling with on your lineup and you're trying to decide who to sit, who starts your lineup pretty, pretty locked and loaded? Or is there anything you're like, hmm, Maybe maybe Darnell Mooney, not my boy Fields, is heating up and we're going against the shitty Detroit Lions. Maybe I want to plug him in there. Any thoughts like that? Anything you got going on as your lineup? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of thinking about uh, 
maybe Mooney and the flex. Um, now that Chicago knows how to play some fucking offense. Um, you got me loving that, by the way. Oh, it's it's a lot of fun. I just wish they could play a little bit of defense. Yeah, well, okay. But uh, maybe uh, maybe Pat Fryermuth. I do I do love that guy. So maybe I'll roll two tight ends. Who knows? All right, there you go. So that's yeah. What, um, I, what do you think? I would say, yeah, I, I would say. Oh, honestly, um, I'll probably roll Justin Herbert against you just because you trade him to me, and I want him to have his chance to have his revenge game and come and get you, you know, and say, hey, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have got rid of me, Dan. No way, you should have gotten rid of me. Uh, but honestly, I'm kind of looking at, you know, his weapons. How I feel about not him not having his weapons, so. I'm, Kind of leaning, maybe looking at Kirk Cousins, but and part of me knows you have Eckler. Eckler, a lot of his work's going to be through the passing game. Might as well try to negate that a little bit where, you know, if he gets a receiving touchdown, at least Justin Herbert can cross that off because I'd be getting six there. You know, you kind of like kissing your cousin on that. Um, and then Flex, Raheem Mostert, I think that's who I'm going to roll with. Um, there's a little little birdie on my shoulder, though, that, you know, Kate Otten, you had those nice – Great catches on that final drive, Tampa Bay, to help us beat the piece of shit Rams team. Going against <laughs> Seattle Seahawks, that they say they're the 31st worst against tight end. That might have just been Kate Otten's coming out party. Oof. So I've, I've tampered with the idea of also rolling out a two tight end set this week. Um, you know, so maybe if I open up, open up my phone Sunday and I see Pat Fryermuth sitting in flex, maybe I'll just combat that with another tight end and see what happens there. Playing some fucking mind games. Yeah, that's right. Playing some mind games is right, baby. Um, Dan, I guess one final question for you. I'll let you go. It's something I want to start doing now that we're at this point in the season with all the co-hosts we have on here. What is one thing on your team that was a um, that's been a nice surprise for you this year for your team? And what's something that's been either a a letdown in your team or b like a regret looking back and God, why didn't I make this move, or why did I trade for this guy, or whatever it may be? Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, I would say, I would say Jalen Hurts. It's been a nice surprise. Oh, I would have to say. Um, I I think I always thought he could get me some points running on the ground. You know, um, he's turned out to be pretty decent through the air and having. Those weapons that he have, especially having AJ Brown in town. Yeah, no doubt about it. A game with four passing touchdowns, a game with three passing touchdowns, a couple with over 300 yards passing. I mean, and he looks good when he's throwing the ball. No doubt about it. Yeah, let down. Um, hmm, that's tough. Man, that's that's when you're in a good spot when you can't think of a letdown very very quickly. I suppose it kind of sucks having Dobbins on the IR. I think his knee. He might as well just chop his fucking legs off. I don't think he's ever gonna play again. <laughs> just, yeah, might as well just fucking chop him off. What is his? What is his status? Is he like? Uh, you're saying he's still three to four weeks away. I guess that was last Thursday. Is he bad? Is he making an impact for centers like me the rest of this year? I don't think he will. I don't think they really need him to at this point. Assuming no. health for everyone else. They had so much promise. Is uh, yeah. is old Chuba Hubbard gonna play this week? You thought about rolling him out? Uh, you know, I considered. I have 
I did consider. Actually, I was contemplating that all um, earlier this evening yet. Chuba, it looks like Chuba um, is in line to maybe get back out there and play. I don't know that for sure. He's listed as questionable, and it's a short week. They play tomorrow night. Uh, Falcons defense sucks something ugly, but I I don't think I want to fuck around with uh, this is where I'm torn. Um, you know, Chuba's got Dante Foreman there, and then I mean Mostert now. He's got Jeff Wilson though, and they pretty much split the backfield. So I am kind of torn on that. That's why part of me just wants to not fuck around with it at all and roll out that tight end. But it just sounds like a stupid decision too. So I don't know. I I got turmoil over here, Dan. Turmoil. Yeah, it uh, sounds like the Dolphins just love Jeff fucking Wilson. Yeah, well, I wish they would just love Raheem. He's been there, you know, all year. God, he's old. Just run him into the ground for even a few more weeks. I don't care what happens to him after that. <laughs> Give him the ball. I agree. I uh... get hurt at some point, and then you're going to have to let Jeff Wilson do whatever the fuck he wants for the rest of the year. <laughs> just, just give me this one week. Uh, shit. I do think, uh, we will probably have a fucking shootout in our game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Boy, she's projected to be just that. We'll do a sneak peek, so I'm not going to touch this game when, when I do the rest of the look ahead. Yeah, I mean, our game's projected 138. Might, might as well make it 139. So, to you, uh, to 137 to me. So, we're talking a two-point spread. Um, the two highest projected scores on the week right now are, are showing down. So looks like it's going to be a shootout I and mean, you got a hell of a game too. Um, I was still getting, we got a lot of hell of a lot of good games going. We got boys fall for sinners like me. We got country roads, take Mahomes versus revenge tour. Then show me where you shit from going up against chasing greatness. A lot of playoff implications this week. No doubt about that. Yep. And, yeah. and then even really pretty much anyone that has contention to be in the playoffs is um, playing each other. Dirty Van Super Punish, Jerry's Kids, there they are. And you got the bottom sweller dwellers there, Quinn Pels and Sam Harvey going against each other. And who gets the joys of playing Nate's great there? I guess the old Tomcats. Meow. So there you go. Uh, should be an Super exciting week nine, no about, doubt about it, Dan. But you know what? I'll turn you loose to get back to wheeling and dealing. Anything else you want to tell the owners of the league? I mean, we're 42 minutes in. We'll be lucky if they get to this message. But if there's any PSA you want to get put out there, by all means, this is your time. You leverage your platform. Let it lose. Yeah, they're probably tired of hearing about my fucking trades. But if you're still here, let me know. I got another pick. I don't need them. There you go. If anything, they should be taking notes. The guy that can make any trade happen, Dan the Man, Dan the Mole, Dan and Kirkpatrick, owner and GM of centers like me. Dan, pleasure always. Cheers to you. Thanks. Dan's always a good guest to have on here, especially, especially when you need to break down the anatomy of a trade. The guy needs to write a book on how to trade for dummies would be a bestseller no doubt about it now we're in the future so again that was wednesday night here we are it is now saturday morning college game days on now it's just commission conlin um we got the bear on on college game day looks like he went ahead and put his first bear on arizona state to cover minus one i think he's talking about the iowa state oklahoma state game here for 
just a second. Well, he, he cut away. He hasn't slapped the bear paw on there yet, but you know, all you all you clone fans in there, I'll let you know what the bear does. Look like a uh, one-and-a-half point favorite, I think it said. Iowa State, actually, maybe it was Oklahoma State. I don't know. Once it pops back up here, I'll let you know. So now this is going to be a challenge. Um, you know, we already went 42 two minutes with Dan on Wednesday. Problem is I got, I got fresh podcasts and pipes. But the good thing is we've already gotten through Transaction Corner. We've already done a decent, you know, a little look ahead in terms of what the matchups were. I'll say we already covered myself and Danimal's game. I mean, we both agreed the boys of fall are just absolutely going to roll this week. So then you may say, well, what are you going to wet your whistle with on a Saturday morning? You're riding that silver bullet train still, Oktoberfest. Uh, what do you what do you got going, Guinness? Um, no, none of the above. You know, she's only 9, 9.15 a.m. here. We have a little Irish coffee going here. Got here in this little, little mug, Yeti mug thing. So it can hopefully keep it nice and hot for me through the duration. We'll see how great this is to wet the whistle with it. more like a whistle sipper she's, she's she's pretty pretty warm there so we'll sip on that throughout the show so to expedite this um we are just going to jump right into the meat of tonight's show so we had some mail come in for all you loyal listeners that wrote in mail over the week tune in next week your questions will be answered they'll be addressed none were time sensitive so we'll push that try to speed the show up so we'll go ahead and get into the meat of tonight's show and as always, the meat of tonight's show is brought to you by T&T Barbecue. Our meat is dynamite, no doubt about it. And you know what? We're going to bring you some dynamite Danimal tacos. So you heard him. He had Taco Tuesday. He was cracking back. Mm, what the hell are those names? Those Cayman Jacks, a little Cayman Jack margarita. Put a plug in there for those. How do we do up the tacos? We're going to do them Danimal style. You know what? I like doing my tacos this way too. Grew up on tacos like this. They always hit right. Pretty easy. All you're going to have to do, walk back to where they store the ground beef. Pick yourself up a pound of ground beef. You might as well go for that 80-20 fat is where the flavor's at. So go ahead and grab that. Then we're just going to go to the, there's going to be an aisle that says Mexican or Hispanic or something like that. I don't know how they label it these days. Probably also where the Asian food's going to be. You're going to go down that aisle. And you're going to have a assortment of taco kits to choose from. Some kits are just going to have soft shells. Some kits are going to have crunchy. Some are going to have a combo. Um, some, if you just want the seasoning packets, you can just get the seasoning packets. I usually like to put my hands and grab the combo packs. Maybe a little Ortega is what I like. You know, Ortega, Ortega with taco sauce. Kind of grew up on that. So you're going to get that. That's really going to be everything you for sure need. So you just need this taco kit. You need the beef. But you know what? You're going to want to go back to the dairy aisle, get a little Mexican cheese in there, maybe swing by the produce, grab a little red tomato, uh, grab yourself maybe some red onion or maybe just white onion, just kind of depending on what flavor, flavor profile you're going. Then maybe either like a bell pepper if you want to spice up your life a little bit, maybe grab a little jalapeno or maybe a poblano or something like that Mm, that sounds good too get back to the home we're gonna get that meat onto the stovetop we're gonna get that browned up ground up get that going pretty much when she's browned up 
I don't even have to tell you how to do it from here. Just read the back of that taco packet. Usually you're adding in like a half a cup of water, quarter cup of water or something like that. Make sure you drain the beef, obviously. Um, you're going to drain that. Let's say you put that water in there. And then pretty much usually there's a little packet in there. You drop that in there. You stir it all around. He'll have some directions about let it simmer, come to a bubble, thicken up kind of thing. You do all that. Do all your prep work of slicing up those veggies. And you too can have a Danimal style taco tuesday baby man that sounds good 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 um i'm semi-distracted you're doing the meat at the night because they keep promoing my bucks being in munich germany tomorrow morning 8 30 they're kicking off i'm a little excited for that what will i have for a spread on that while we're in the meeting night i think i'm gonna keep it pretty simple just gonna grab myself a uh, Pasquale's breakfast pizza, get that, throw that in there. I might get some frozen hash browns, cook those up on the stove top, put that on top of the pizza, and then I'll probably roll with a breakfast cocktail, just like what I'm having right now, a little Irish coffee, you know, one part, one part whiskey, maybe a quarter, half a part, a little, some kind of syrup, simple syrup, maple syrup, whatever you want to roll with, and then maybe, I don't know, three parts coffee, put a little cream on top. Woo, that is good, good, good. But we're in the meat of the night show. We're talking about Daniel's tacos and what are we going to bring for the meat of the night show? It's going to be the rewind. It's going to be what we have left to cover on the look ahead. And at all, as always, the meat of tonight's show is brought to you by, no, it's not brought to you by RJQ. No, it's definitely not brought to you by All Meat Matters. It's brought to you by the premier amateur barbecue team, out there in the world tnt barbecue our meat is dynamite let's go ahead and get into that rewind nick folk knocks in all four of his field goal attempts for hot hungry and haha harris and if we are talking about a kicker being one of the top performers that tells you everything you need to know about this one the boys of fall win a stinker 101 to 71 Nate the Great and Honk if you're hard, man. Certainly ain't honking after this week's performance. Despite getting 27 points from the Patriot D, Dan and sinners like me had to be laying on the horn thanks to a record-setting five-touchdown and 55-point performance from Joe Mixon. Throw on 27 more from Tyree Kill, and sinners like me is going to need a new horn. Destroying Honk if you're hard, man, 174 to 80. Country roads, take my home. Only scored 108 points and still doubled their opponent's points? Huh? Things go from bad to worse for Harv. Pat Mahomes and Michael Carter defeat somebody called the doctor 56 to 51. Finally, a game that didn't resemble a goldfish flopping around in an empty bowl as both teams displayed some competencies in setting a viable lineup. Two rushing touchdowns from Josh Allen, two more from wide receiver gone halfback Cordero Patterson, Justin Jefferson and Curtis Samuel each find pay dirt. Gonna take an army to overcome that. So Malk Daddy dials up the reserves and welcomes Devontae Adams to the squad, who immediately pays dividends, catching 10 balls for 146 yards and two tutties, scoring 37 points. Add on another good day from Cooper Cup and Etienne, and the wrench tour take the W, 152-127. to 127. Chasing Greatness had to figure out a way to get scrappy and build an army that could slay a king. Ramondre Even Stevenson's Fired the first cannon, rumbling and bumbling his way into the end zone. And TJ Hawkinson enjoyed himself a hot dish and nine catches in his new homeland in Minnesota and helps jump over the woeful moat the Tomcats laid out of Michael Pittman, who only scores five. 
The guy from the State Farm commercial didn't provide much fight either, getting eaten up by the Lions, throwing three interceptions. It was obvious to the King he was going to have to fight this battle on his own. King Henry scores twice and gets 24 points, but not enough from keeping his kingdom from burning. Jason Greatness wins 122 to 110. Jerry's kids have the team bleached their rears in anticipation of having them on display. After all, if you look good, you play good, they say. Jalen Waddle does the waddle again this week, scoring 20. Juju hauls in 10 catches on Monday night, and Joe Burr tosses two tutties. Austin Eckler tries to will show me where you ship from the victory, but DeAndre Swift was looking more like a swifter full of dust. Kyle was a pit of despair. Devontae Smith only gets two catches. Chad lets the team's cosmetically pleasing buttholes fly, 111 to 96. All right, the bear is back on the screen here. Bears bank only one and two last week, 14 and 16 on the season. He could never make the locked and loaded. Oh, he's putting it on the clones. The bear knows everything he's talking about. He definitely could pick the locked and loaded parlay lock of the week on the race three podcast. Good selection. Then bear taking the clones one and a half point favorite on the road against Oklahoma state. Let me wet the, Whistle here. Ah, yeah, still, still warm, still good, still good. All right, let's get into the scoreboard. Bring you everything you need to know. You know that 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 um, rewind was actually a good segue. So if you couldn't catch it, a lot of shitty games last week. A lot, a lot of shitty games. A lot of shitty performances. Um, a lot of mismatched teams, no doubt about it. This week, me and Dan have already highlighted a little bit. Exact opposite. I mean, this is, I mean, who we're playing, a lot of these people who are playing this week, and once we start getting these standings weeks, a lot of these are going to be seeing each other again for sure as we're jockeying for playoff position here. Um, We'll start here at the top. We don't need to bring you any more here from centers like me and the boys of fall. Um, Myself, Dan, we already agreed, violently agreed, some may even say that the boys of fall are just – Got to whoops my ass, get two games above 500, and drop centers like me down to 500. Going to be a record day, no doubt about it. And it's all going to start with Chris Godwin and that Bucks D early Sunday morning in Munich, Germany, just whooping the shit out of the Seattle Seahawks. Keep moving on here. We got the Tomcats and the Honk, if you're hard, man. And that's one that's going to make me smile every time I see it and say it for a while. I'm loving that new team name. Let's open this up here. Unfortunately, I don't know how much honking we're going to be doing again this week, Nate the Great. So we're projected to be 95 points to the Tomcats, 121. So the Tomcats are fighting, jockeying to get back up to 500 here. Um, Let's start with his squad. He's going to roll Geno Smith. You know, you can't blame him. Aaron Rodgers' boy, he really can't rely on Aaron Rodgers until – he sees him get back and to doing it again. Romeo Dobbs is out. Christian Watson, I'm pretty sure, is out. Um, banged up weapons is not going to help Rodgers by a stretch of the imagination. So he's going to roll Geno Smith against the Buccaneers. I mean, I get it. He's position ranked number seven on here. But, boy, I wouldn't want to be starting this guy after a long flight against those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That sounds scary, 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 don't it? Um, what else we got to highlight here? Um, really the game you're going to want to keep your eyes on is your game, though, of 
the Dallas Cowboys going up against your Green Bay Packers. So you got both CeeDee Lamb and Alan Lazard. You're really hoping to tune in, just watch those guys duke it out. I would imagine and think Alan Lazard will be getting an uptick and an increase in target share and targets coming his way. Um, going through here, trying to see what he's had for targets. I mean, to be fair, he's had 10 targets, 7, 9, 8. You continue to get those 10 targets. Hopefully you can just parlay that more and then a 40% catch rate get in the pay dirt for you. So that's really what you're looking for. And obviously your halfbacks have been tough this year with Derek Henry and Miles Sanders both doing big, big things. So you got them plugged in, locked and loaded there. On the flip side, Nate the Grant, honk if you're hard, man. Um, uh, McCole Hardman is on IR. That's tough. So you go out, get him, change your team name, and he's on IR. That is unfortunate. We're going through, looking through the squad. Uh, maybe a bright spot here for you can be DJ Moore already went, had a disappointing Thursday night for you in the rain there on Thursday night football against the Falcons. Maybe Jeff Wilson can be a little bit of a bright spot for you. Cleveland's run D isn't that great. And Jeff Wilson, he got 50% of the work, got the passing game work going. Maybe he can have himself a big game for you. And then Danny Dimes against Houston. End of the day here, we got a big 30-point spread here. Um, boy. I think, though, I think you might just cover that Tomcats. I'm going to go ahead take the Tomcats to win this thing and get back up to 500. Next matchup, we have Ha Hungry and Ha Ha Harris going up against the 0-9, staring in the face of potentially our first ever defeated season in this league. Somebody call the doctor and Harv gets things going right, though, on Thursday Night Football. Drake London has 14.8 points, putting the somebody called it actors projected total now at 75, going up against the hot, hungry, ha Harris. I mean, this isn't a this isn't like you're running into a buzzsaw by any stretch of the imagination. We just got one win on the season over here. So Quinter's out there trying to find his second win. And you're looking at this. Uh this is jockeying for the guarantees to get the second overall pick right here, you know. Quinn, if Quinn, I guess if you take the L here, Harv, it's probably what you're looking to do. Secure a two-game lead on at least a guarantee of that second overall pick. That would be good for your future. And you know what? The Panthers, D, they're trying to help you out here, Harv, because they almost negated everything Drake London did, having a 13-point outing for themselves on Thursday night. Um, you know what? I don't really want to spend any more time talking about this, looking at these rosters, make my eyeballs hurt, so we'll just move on. Next up, we got a country road to take Mahomes going up against the Revenge Tour. Now, this one, playoff implications, it's just just dripping in it. Jockeying for pretty much seeding is what we're looking at here. So, country roads take Mahomes. Ben Nielsen sitting at six and three versus the Revenge Tour, who is sitting at a nice seven and two. Um, Mouth Daddy rolled out Young Way Koo going on Thursday night. Pretty sure the guy missed two extra points. Only good for one point. Always got to piss you off and your kickers can at least, you know, get you a few more points than that. Um, and you got Russell Willie Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, plugged in against the Tennessee Titans on the road. You're hoping, I think the Titans secondary has been beatable for sure. Russell Wilson coming off a of bye. You're just hoping him and Nathaniel Hackett and that squad maybe got on the same page. Oh, Malk Daddy makes me nervous for you, man. Mr. Unlimited has been very limited this year. So we'll see what happens here. 
Jonathan Taylor, that Jeff Saturday led Jonathan Taylor Colts team. I think he's been pulled off the the injury report. He's supposed to get plugged and played against somehow one of the worst offensive lines in all of the league. Maybe Jeff Saturday can turn that part around. Not holding my breath on it, but who knows? What do I know? I don't know shit. All I know if you know someone wants to plug me in and be their head coach, fuck yeah, let's roll. I can do that. Um Helped coach a couple of flag football teams. Uh, you know, I try to help and instill my leadership on the Gridiron Gorillas every every summer slash fall when we or spring when we have our pickup game. You know, so I think you know I have some coaching credentials that should be highlighted by the league. Um, Travis Etienne, he's been on fire as of late going against the Chiefs. You know, I like myself some Mike Evans going up against the Seahawks, and then Devontae Adams going up against the Colts. And then what's not to like about Cooper Cup and your flex. It's a big, big game. On the flip side, we got Pat Mahomes projected for 32 points against Jacksonville. That's big. Saquon Barkley gets the Houston Texans. That's a huge matchup. Aaron Jones, if I'm assuming he must be back healthy. I know he got banged up and out, but he's projected with 14 and a half there. Let's click on this. Doesn't have an injury designation for Sunday's game against the boys. So he'll be out there. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has been solid against Chargers. Flex not looking as pretty. Donovan Peoples-Jones is going up against the very porous Miami Dolphins secondary. So let's go through here. What do I think? I think the line item difference on this is going to be, again, we have Country Roads taking home as a five-point favorite. I think this matchup is going to be close. I think that's going to be about the right spread. And I'm going to actually put my chips just because – you got Russell Wilson on your squad. You got Jonathan Taylor coming back off an injury. Then Devontae Adams, he just had such a big blow-up week last week that I think he kind of regresses to the mean sum. Again, his mean's still good. I mean, you're talking about probably high teens, maybe low 20 type of thing. But I think Pat Mahomes, with that matchup against Jacksonville, with the ability that Travis Etienne, not excuse me, well, yeah, Travis Etienne included in that, but as well as uh, Trevor Lawrence, they actually kind of help keep pace there. And then Saquon's matchup against the Texans. I like Country Roads, take Mahomes matchups, and I'd like them to go ahead and get the W this week. Dirty Van Super Punters versus Jerry's Kids. Jerry's Kids is 8-1. Dirty Van Super Punters is 5-4. and four. Jockeying for playoffs. They're in a battle for 6th seed, 5th seed, whatever it might be. Jerry's Kids, they're just trying to lock up a first-round bye at this point in time. Two teams with two different goals. Both very hungry. Nonetheless, Jerry's kids are projected 125 points to Dirty Van Super Punters 115. So Cordero Patterson let down Dirty Van Super Punters in a big way on Thursday night, only getting three points. Got to imagine that affected our projected total when he was set up to originally get 100. I mean, 12 points. So this would have been exactly a pretty much a pick'em game, 124, 124. Prior to that. But we get the advantage of knowing what happened already on Thursday night. Tale of two quarterbacks here. Interesting to see Josh Allen right now projected 31 points. Has that elbow injury. That has to make you at least a little uneasy. I got to think in your head how much debate's going on when you got a very capable quarterback backup in Tua Tagovailoa with all of those weapons that he has in Jamelin Waddle, in Tyreek Hill especially going up against Jalen Waddle. Is there any thoughts or any mindset creeping in, I wonder, in Nick's head in terms of, man, maybe I roll with that. Maybe he's a safer play this week. Let's open up to, like, how far back are we talking? Position ranked 
10 on the year. Uh, looks like he had two games where he was out for injury, was hurt, and well, that's right, he had the whole concussion thing. So averaging 26.6 points. Josh Allen averaging 35 points. I mean, yeah, that's big, but oh, with that whole UCL injury, he looked human uh, last week against the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Interesting dynamic there, see what happens. Justin Fields has been a man on fire across on the other side of the ball, going up against Detroit Lions. I mean, 50 points last week, 32 the week before that, 27. Danimal's got to be grinning ear to ear, probably just wearing his Justin Fields jersey pretty much 24-7 if I had to imagine. So this quarterback line item will be interesting to watch and see what happens here. Um, Keep cruising through here. Dalvin Cook going up against his brother, James Cook there, the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills have a great defense. Not sure how great a matchup that is. Juju and Jax I like. Jalen against Cleveland I like. Um, Amari against Miami I like. Flip side of the ball, Justin Jefferson against that Buffalo Bills. D, interesting to see how that will play out. Justin Jefferson's a stud, so I think he'll prevail. I'm on Ross St. Browns. Really, I think, let's say the linchpin on this. So if you can get some – Early Amon Ra St. Brown success like he was doing the first few weeks before he got banged up. I think you get a chance to take this one as everything stands right now with my cautions and hesitancies with Josh Allen. Go ahead and give me Justin Fields to lead this Jerry's kids to 9-1. and one. I will say it's closer, though, than that 11-point spread suggest but i give me the jerry's kids to win this thing and progress to nine and one one more matchup here and then we're shutting it down shutting the show down it's time to get ready for some college football we've got show me where you shit from fighting to try to get the 500 going up against jason greatness who has another week without the namesake of their team jamar chase seven and two versus four and five even without Jamar Chase, we have 128 projected point favorite to 116. Kyle Pitts was a pit of despair yet again this week. 4.8 points on Thursday night. Pretty much anything you would have bet on the unders on that would have hit, hit, hit. Would have been good for that, no doubt about it. Um, loving Tom Brady. This is, you know, after that big drive last week against the Seahawks in Germany. He's going to give him a show. DeAndre Swift, I'm kind of off it till he proves it again. Damian Pierce with Giants, I guess I like it. A.J. Brown's been great. Debo Samuel coming back against Chargers, that's got to be good. Um, let's see, Al's side here. Murray against the Rams. Rams D really isn't what it was. Kenneth Walker, hopefully the Buccaneers freaking shut him down and run D isn't quite what it's been the last couple. Um, not really giving any solid analysis here at all. I'll go ahead and I will call for the upset here. Because of the GOAT, he's going to get it done. Despite you already having a, you know, behind the eight ball with Kyle Pitts yet again. Go ahead. Show me where you shit from. Just to make the playoffs that much more interesting. Show me where you shit from. Elevates up the playoff race, I should say. Elevates up to 500. Going to be an awesome week 10. No doubt about it. Let's get into some picks here and let's turn this thing loose. You know what? Usually we pick Thursday night football. It wasn't here. Well, we could have picked Thursday night football, but you know, we kind of got um, recording things weird this week. What do you do about it? You know, coming in here in odd shark. So what are you guys going to get? I just assume you guys are all going to be up 
ass crack dawn right away, 8.30. You're going to want to watch that game in Germany just like me. So that is going to be the game that we pick. 61% of the bets are on the Seahawks, who are a two-and-a-half-point dog. So two-and-a-half points, to be fair. Seattle to Germany is farther than Florida to Germany, so they had a much farther travel. Let me pull up another resource here that I like to look at. Um, Shark is really good for giving us the percent of wagers that go there, but it doesn't necessarily give us a concept of where the actual money is being placed. So let's look at this. Um, so this is pretty much telling the same story. Seahawks are getting 60% of the bets, but 56% of the money. Over-unders at 44.5. That is pretty much completely split in that betting there. So 52 and 48, 50-50 when you look at the money. Hmm, man. So they're not doing us any freaking favorites here and trying to go ahead. Things are going to be fun. Things are going to be exciting. Give me the Buccaneers to go for that 2.5 and, and give me the over of that 44.5. Bucks are going to put up their might be their first 30-point game of the year. Let's look at that. No, we had a decent game against Falcons. Buccaneers, just what everyone wants to know. They just want here, and they just want the coverage of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I always scored 31 in a losing effort to the Chiefs. Guy, I even forgot that game even happened. That seems like that's been years ago. We got beat 41-31. Yep, that's the only game where we've gone over 30, and it was just because we had a team just boat racing us on the other side. We're going to go over 30, so we're going to do our part. Sure, we can surrender 15 points to the Seahawks, I suppose. Go ahead, lock that in. Have some fun watching the Buccaneers play in Germany tomorrow. I'm wrapping this thing up. It's Saturday. Enjoy your weekends. Enjoy college football Saturday. Enjoy NFL Sunday. Most importantly, enjoy another week. We don't got, you know, it's going to go by quick. Don't take these for granted. Wrap yourself in it. Roll yourself into a PHFFL blanket and just, just embrace it for everything it's worth. Cheers to you guys. Cheers to the league.
song.